0: This is Geek Gab with your hosts Darnall and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back, Geek Gab for Saturday, June twenty fourth, two thousand and twenty three. So I'm so sorry, dude. I'm trying (laughs) to talk after that. I'm in a lot of pain right now. Yeah, man. I didn't take my pain meds in time before the show started. So I'm still waiting for them to kick in.
1: Oh, and then you'll be good. Hey, you did awesome.
0: Oh, uh, I was supposed to have like a spiel after that and stuff. And my body just stopped and said, no, we think you need to uh, experience this surge of of, of joy and pleasure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh so so it's been a rough week for the war pig.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I had an operation t- on Tuesday. So uh, I did two operations on Tuesday at the same time. So we, uh, yeah, it, this is the funny thing about it. I just want to skip over all that. Um, it's how the pain system of your body works. I went in, had the operations. They sold me up. Everything's fine. And Literally no There's no infections, there's no complications, there's no problems, but my body's pain center believes I've been impaled with a spear and is sending those signals directly to my brain. You know, it's running around screaming, uh, Say, saying, we're, we're dying, we're dying down here. Things are chopped to bits, they're chopped to bits right in vital areas of the body. Oh my word, we're all gonna die. And I'm just like, no, everything's fine. I know it's fine, but you you can't convince your body of this. It sees certain bits of you that are temporarily not attached, right? That are sewn up, that are sitting there together, that are gradually healing, that have already begun the process of healing, like immediately. And and all it wants to do is panic. Your body's pain system is not that bright. So, yeah, it's it's kind of annoying. It just wants you to be very, very, very aware that you've been gutted like a fish and you're dying right now. So that's my week.
1: Brutal. I can't top that. Good or bad. I, I was not impaled by a spear.
0: Uh, so, uh... I finally saw John Wick four.
1: Oh, did you?
0: Yeah. How'd you like it? I had to spend twenty dollars to go see it. I had to purchase it through iTunes. And the biggest kick in the nuts is they had like a four, a four set. John Wick movie that like for $34 you'd get John Wick 4 and all the other three John Wick movies. Uh but I already had the other three John Wick movies. Womp, womp. So I was like, great, I'll just spend 1999 then. I'll save myself five bucks. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I saw it. I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was an awesome movie. I loved it. Good. I highly recommend it for all your John Wick needs.
1: (laughs) You don't think it was a little
0: overlong like everybody else? Um, well, I, the week I saw it, I was kind of ill. Um, oh, I got to tell you this. I lied to my doctors. I faked my doctors out. I got to tell you this story. I was very sick. And because I was very sick, I could only watch like the first two hours. And then I had to go back and watch the last like 45 minutes or an hour or whatever last night. So when you go get a, to get a major operation, they, they put you under anesthetic. Now, in order to put you under anesthetic, to put a mask on your face and you have to breathe it in, right? And then they put a tube down your throat to protect your breathing. Because the most important thing that above all you must do when you're under anesthetic is to continue breathing. And so they want to make sure that you don't have any breathing trouble. So, the week before I went in for my operation, I got so very sick, so, so very sick with a head cold and then a chest cold. And I'm talking about like coughing up actual glue chest cold. I mean, coughing up like pieces of, of, of hard armor chest cold from my chest. I was hacking for, for days and days and days. And I just thought, hey, I'll be able to get over this by the time it's my operation. How'd that go? I didn't quite do that. hmm And so when I'm in the hospital room talking with my nurse, trying, doing the little, so how have things been? Things have been great. You haven't had any symptoms of this and this and that? Oh, no, no, absolutely no symptoms of, 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 you know, colds or anything like that. Um, My nose is running, but that's just, uh, that's just uh, hay fever. Which is true, a lot of it is hay fever. But uh meanwhile, I'm stifling you know these monster coughs, and I'm waiting for her just to leave the damn room. And as soon as she leaves the room, I'm hacking up, you know, big pieces of flat. Oh jeez. Not as bad as when I was fully sick, but You know, it's definitely not what they would recommend for going under full anesthetic. Basically, because I'm having my breathing done for me by machine. And that's legit (laughs) dangerous. I get it. I understand it's legit dangerous. I was okay, though. I was not worried. And it turns out there's nothing to be worried about. They, uh, It was hilarious, though, trying to uh, sit there and hold back. And the one time I did get a little cough, I'm like, man, my, my throat is so dry. Because I hadn't been able to drink, you know, for almost 12 hours before going in for the operation. So I'm like, oh, my throat is so dry. Cough, cough, cough.
1: <laughs> well, uh, you survived
0: anesthesia. I survived anesthesia. Now, I'm not recommending this, audience. I'm not suggesting you should do this. I'm just saying. This is what I did on Tuesday. I recklessly diced with death.
1: Uh, Is it too soon to make a submarine reference here? Oh, yeah, that was sad. Speaking of recklessly uh, flirting with death, that was crazy, wasn't it?
0: You know what's sad about that? Is the dude who founded the company and the dude who made that death trap submersible as far as I can tell, took his own life in his hands and suffered the natural consequences of the foolishness he was indulging in. Hmm. The other people, I don't know that they were that fully informed on exactly how dangerous it really was. um and it was sad it was sad to me that those those four passengers also died due to his carelessness and and recklessness um mm-hmm. now i'm not an expert on submarines i'm not one of those twitter people who was telling everybody you know how suddenly they were an expert on on Submarines, I'm just saying from from the news stories of the engineer quit and what he had to say, from the news stories of other people, the information I got was that it was reckless, absolutely reckless. The materials he used, the the design, the build of that submarine. So, yeah. It's without
1: claiming expertise in that situation, that was that was sad. Uh, well, I can't top that. Oh uh, well, let's see. No, nope, I've got some D and D stuff that I can't talk about yet. Just understand that <clears throat> in the back channels of the Trilopulous campaign world, we are again making RPG history.
0: So apparently, uh, there's also some things going on over in Russia right now. I from
1: I have I kept gather, I've kept away from that news. What's going on?
0: Uh, Gary Oldman's forces are now trying to uh, take over the government from the Russian president, and apparently, uh, um. Oh, who's president at this point? Um, Han Solo president. Han Solo has to fight him personally in the uh, cargo deck of a C-130 to save the free world this time. That's, yeah, uh, that seems so. Pretty- the memes
1: are flying. That's what you're saying.
0: Yes. Yes. Um. So I think it's funny that every single person commenting on it who's suddenly an expert in Russian coups uh, forgot about the news story from two days ago, which is that the Russian defense ministry decided they were going to take complete control of this mercenary company uh, that launched the coup. And nobody's commented on this that I've seen. And I'm like, huh guys, this might be important. (laughs) What do I know? Right? Just threatening to take away someone's entire livelihood and their life's work and everything away from them. I don't know. So, anyways, people are acting like this came out of nowhere. This was a complete shock that you couldn't have predicted anything. And I'm like, oh, Maybe not.
1: Maybe we don't know as much as we think we know.
0: Yeah, that was my comment last night. Yep. So I just want to, I just want to make my official my position official. I am not an expert on Russian coups. Uh Unless they happen in Call of Duty.
1: You're an expert at Call of Duty.
0: Yeah, there was a Russian coup in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, I think. Beginning of Modern Warfare 3. He goes down and and the uh, Special Forces team has to go in and save him. Well, so, yeah, I'm an expert on that coup. I was there for that. I was on the ground for that. But, you know, anything else, I'm hands off.
1: We'll leave it to the experts who also don't know anything.
0: Also, Wolverine's great level. I like to replay that level every now and then. Um, I like to get the uh, VIP to the Burger Town and shoot down drones and stuff. That's just a lot of fun. I'm just having fun at this point. You can change the
1: subject. <laughs> I wanted to see where else this was going to go. No, let's talk. Uh, let's talk books. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk good stuff from Kersova. Uh he, he doesn't care about Russian coups or anything like that. Um, uh, welcome back to the show, Alex. P. Alexander of Kursova Publishing. It's been a while. How's it going? Uh, it's great. Uh, we were just talking before the show. Um, I didn't get to mention this, but I'm looking forward to my copy of Misha Burnett's Small Worlds. You said you're just getting those in? Yeah, the uh,
2: actual copies of Small Worlds should be arriving today
0: um, from FedEx. We had issues with add on books from KDP. They managed to dang a whole bunch of them up. But uh, I think you need to still fill out your survey. What?
2: Yeah, I'm filling out the uh, the address form. So uh, make sure you fill them out.
1: Oh, that's my mistake. That's my mistake. Hey, you sound like you're underwater. Is it just me?
0: Mm, no, nah, I just
1: kind of have a, a, a shitty mic on my laptop right now, plus uh, a little congested. Well, okay. As long as you don't have the Warpig globs of whatever. Um. All right. I'm going to have to fill that out. Yeah. Cause I was looking forward to see, I have to fill that out every time. I just, uh I figured everybody saves my address or, or how does the Kickstarter work? Do you, does everybody have to fill in their address every time?
0: Yeah.
2: You, uh you back, you fill out the address once the money is collected and we send out the surveys that way. If, uh, if anybody has moved in the meantime, you know, we have their latest address. So, you know, it's, it's your responsibility to provide us with the latest information. I mean, I can, I can theoretically go back and try to track people down, but that's actually against the terms of service to, uh, to keep those addresses on hand. So sounds like a scam to me. Well, you know, that that's one of the, the few things I like about Indiegogo is Indiegogo makes people uh, fill out their addresses on the front end and pay on the front end so it doesn't get to the end of the campaign. And suddenly all these people are like, oops, our credit card didn't process, or oops, I forgot to ever send you my address. It's been a year. Do you still have my book? Like, nope. And uh, because it's been over a year, I can't access your address even if you sent it. Oh, boy. It is no longer my responsibility if you wait for a year or more to claim your prize.
1: Go figure. Oh dear, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go searching through the trash. I don't see my uh, uh, my thing. Oh well, I'll I'll resolve that afterwards. But I'm excited that that's uh, getting out there. Um, how did that go? How how uh, we talked to Misha a couple weeks ago about it. How, how did that actual whole thing go?
2: Uh, did really well for us. It was one of our uh, better kickstarters. We got over 100 backers, I think 135 or 136 in the end. Yeah, look, there's absolutely nothing I can do about the mic. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Make sure Burnett's just dragging you in the chat. It's okay.
2: But yeah, uh, we're getting that processed really quick. We've been doing a lot of our projects kind of back-to-back, bam, 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 this year, because we we did – Tales of the Mongoose and Meerkat Volume 3 got that out. We did uh, Michael Tierney's Sky Dance of Winter Fire, got that out. Misha Burnett's just right after that. And that's going out this week and next, maybe a little bit later on some of those books we had to replace. But uh, that should be out by the middle of July. And uh, in July, we're going to be taking pre orders for The Mighty Sons of Hercules.
1: Oh man, you're you're nonstop. What is that? The Mighty Sons of Hercules. All right, so
2: I'd recently been getting back into the old peplum sword and sandals movies I used to to watch as a kid on TNT, TBS, or whatever. And one of the one of the things I found about that was there was an old syndication package where this company took all these old sword and sandals movies, redubbed them, gave them their own theme song, and sold them as a syndication package that could be run on Saturdays, either as hour-long episodes, or you could broadcast the whole movie. This was called The Sons of Hercules, and so this kind of gave me the idea to come up with an anthology that had a similar theme. You know, you had, you have Unrelated strongman adventures unified by the theme that they're all the sons of Hercules going on adventures, having quests, saving the day, rescuing the beautiful innocent girls, throwing the evil lascivious queens into the dung heaps, and that sort of thing. So we approached several of our best authors who we thought would be a really good fit for this project and said, okay, here are a few ground rules You can either use a trunk story or you can write something wholly original for this. But we want to include these stories in a compilation of strongman adventures. And that's, that's where the Mighty Sons of Hercules thing came together. So we've got eight new stories, including several by... Cursova authors that you guys remember, a few authors who have done maybe one or two stories for us, but a lot of regulars like Misha Burnett, Adrian Cole, uh, Mark Mellon, they they're all names you guys should be familiar with if you've been re- reading and following Cursova for a few years now. And um, so we we put together this anthology, it's written on spec, so we don't actually have the money yet to pay the authors. But the deal is, is if I can get the money to pay the authors, they'll let me publish their stories in this anthology.
1: Oh, that's great. Oh and well, you- I mean, with with those names and and the uh, and the success, I'm I actually, uh, I foresee this going swimmingly. Uh, famous last words. I'm knocking on something. <laughs> what do we do here? That's cool. I've actually, I actually don't remember those, those movies. What, uh, what are some names I could look up?
2: Well, uh, one of the the most classic ones that most people are familiar with because it was on Mystery Science Theater was the Moment Against the Son of Hercules, which was originally one of the Rebirth Machiste movies, where. Um, Machiste is, you know, he just washes up on shore in this strange land and is immediately set upon by these weird albino subsurface dwellers.
1: Oh, boy. I've never seen that one either.
2: Well, one cool thing is a lot of the Machiste movies are free to watch on YouTube. Uh, If you look up a group called Peplum TV... They're devoted to trying to share knowledge about these films and do some restoration. One of the cool things they've done is, you know, a lot of the mighty or a lot of the, old, the original sons of Hercules movies would they, they trim out a lot of content for the syndication package and, you know, they change the dub and stuff and they'd have to cut out a few things. So what, peplum tv has done for a few of the the more high profile titles is they've managed to splice back in scenes from the original italian movies and uh so you you have the the complete film at least as complete as you can with the english dub and for the spliced in scenes uh italian subtitles or English <laughs> subtitles for the Italian dialogue and audio. That must
1: be that must be an awkward experience. Actually, that sounds great.
2: Yeah, yeah, and you know, it, it it's funny for uh, a few of them, they they even redid some dubs for the for the for the Sons of Hercules series. So you'll have the old English dub where they where they just you know licensed the old English dub. And when they changed the names of characters, they hired new voice actors to, to dub in certain lines for the changed names. So in, <laughs> in the weird caveman movie where you have Machiste fighting, uh, dinosaurs and evil cavemen and stuff, every time he introduces himself, it's a different actor doing the, the dub of introducing his name is the one who does the rest of the dialogue for the movie. <laughs> So, I mean, a lot of these are really cheesy, low-budget affairs, but they're a lot of fun. Uh, Essentially what they are are superhero movies, you know? You've got a guy who has superhuman strength, who uses his brawn to fight against monsters, stop evil bad guys, uh, save the the virtuous princess and and the weak and depressed from the, the villains and it, it's good, clean fun, you know, it's 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 wholesome. That was one of the things that we we wanted to stress when we were putting together this anthology, is that we really didn't want anti-heroes, we didn't want bad guys who accomplished good things, we, we wanted that sort of noble sense of justice with, with the characters. Uh, we didn't want There to be ambiguity. It's like, oh, is this guy a good guy or a bad guy? No, they're they're good guys. They're there to save the day.
1: And they're going to do it in their own particular muscle-bound way.
2: Yeah, as as the old Sons of Hercules theme goes, wherever there is need, there will be Sons of Hercules.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. What a great idea for an anthology like that. Um, man, I, I I've got uh, I've got a list now. Peplum and Machiste. Yeah, one of the interesting things about Machiste
2: is he's one of the oldest superheroes in film. The character actually goes back to the silent era from around 1914. He was he was a side character in a historical epic about the Punic Wars. He was the one of the main character's sidekicks. The main character has this really strong African slave who, who, you know, helps him out of some sticky situations, lifts large rocks, bends bars, breaks chains for him, that sort of thing. Well, the character was so popular that they split him off as his own thing and gave him another 26 silent movies <laughs> in the <laughs> teens and 20s. And the, the the way they did this is in the second Machiste movie, because you know there's only so many Machiste movies you could make about the Punic Wars. What it is is they, they have this girl who's running away from these thugs and stuff, and she ducks into a movie theater that's playing Kiberia, the, the costume epic about the Punic Wars. She sees the scene with Machiste bending the bars, getting them out of prison, and she's like, that's the one guy who can save me from the goons who are chasing me down. So she looks up the actor who is, you know, a super strong man with super strength and is like, help me, Machiste, you're my only hope. <laughs> and what ends up happening is after you know the silent boom ends and you know Italy destroyed by World War II and all that stuff you get a renaissance of costume epics in the 50s with movies like the Ten Commandments, the Egyptian, that sort of thing. And it kind of culminates with this huge blockbuster that they made out of The Legend of Hercules, starring Steve Reeves. And this thing is so popular that Everybody's got to get in on this this craze, you know. You hire a bodybuilder, you put him in the title role of some movie set during the the Bronze Age or in the Roman Empire and you do just cool stuff with practical effects, bending bars, lifting foam blocks, hitting six or seven guys at the same time with the same metal tripod <laughs> and it it set off this this boom in Italian cinema. And one of the things they did was they said, this is the perfect time to resurrect Day. But of course, nobody actually knew who he was over here in the U S because, you know, yeah, he had 26, 27 silent films, but yeah, maybe people saw Kiberia here in the U S back in 1915, 1916, when it was still on tour. But nobody had seen or heard of this character, so they would rename him as either Samson or call him a son of Hercules or something else. But there were 26 of these revival Machiste movies made, and some of those got dubbed into the Sons of Hercules series. A lot of them also got released sort of as their own thing. One of the 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 first of them, which is probably the best quality-wise and most well-known, was released in the U.S. as *Son of Samson*. It was originally *Machiste* in *The Valley of the Kings*, but it starred Mark Forrest, who was one of the the most iconic actors who played Machiste next to Kirk Morris, and also the lovely cello Celso Alonso, Alonzo, who if you're a fan of Western animation, might know, probably inspired Chell from uh, El Dorado.
1: Oh, yeah. I should uh, should pull up this uh, IMDb on stream right now.
2: Yeah, so they made dozens of these movies, including a really cool unlicensed crossover with Zorro that if you get a chance to see it it's it's on youtube it's free zorro versus machiste it's it's an amazing flick
1: you got to check it out <laughs> zorro versus machiste heck yeah yeah there was
2: there was this this weird spanish italian film alliance that was going on through the 60s so a lot of these these movies were joint spanish italian productions
1: oh that's cool that's cool. And, and something that sort of strikes me as funny is the, with the rash of copycats, uh, copycat bodybuilder movies that you mentioned, I guess, uh, Italian cinema is no different than American cinema when something's oh, a little yeah. bit when, popular. Whenever, you get
2: Whenever there is a big trend, they will exploit it to a T. You know what <laughs> I mean? I, I say that, that there are 26 of these revival machiste movies. They made them over the course of five years. <laughs> <laughs>
1: because everybody had to have one yeah yeah uh and uh and thankfully well i mean i don't know I, i'm gonna have to view some of them to find out but uh the big difference is, is that they're all forced to do this on a shoestring budget uh which is a, a big difference from today's you know cape shit copy pasta where everybody's just hopping up and down in front of a green screen for yeah, hours you know,
2: and. They, they were doing homages to these in the 80s because, you know, with, with Conan the Barbarian being a huge success and there, there was the, the sort of new wave of bodybuilder action flicks and action fantasy stuff going on, uh, they made a Lou Ferrigno Hercules movies, which you may or may not have seen. I think you can catch it on YouTube for free. Uh, it, I think the free version split into separate parts, but it's interesting to watch because all of the practical effects look good, but every time they tried to put in the new special effects and and like lightning effects and and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, it it just doesn't look good. It looks really dated in some ways. It looks worse than the movies from the sixties that it's, that it's paying homage to.
1: Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, and you, as much as we like to complain about that sort of thing, I I guess to I guess I'll say that they have to learn somehow, right? They have to learn how to improve yeah. the effects somehow. You don't get to you don't get to you know Pixar's Toy Story without a lot of other crap happening before it.
2: Yeah, but the the thing that these movies show is that there's so much you can do with just practical effects, just Stunt, physical acting, and practical effects—you can you can do just about anything.
1: Absolutely. Uh, d- um, gosh, you know what I I keep going back to, um, Jason and the Argonauts is one of my one of my favorites, and that that gives me the same, uh, it gives me the same impression as these stills and and things that I'm looking at, and and they're the famous stop motion animated. Skeleton Army. Yeah,
2: just that that was a fantastic example of, of what could be done with the genre just through practical effects alone.
1: Outstanding. Um. So back to the stories. We're we're not getting any practical effects from from the stories. Are has uh, I've, I've got a really perverse question here. Do you ever get uh, play or film uh, script? submissions either for stuff like this or for regular Cursova magazine well
2: we we didn't get anything like that for this because this was invite only and like I said I I hit up our top talent to put this one together but yes occasionally we have gotten film script style stuff and it's just straight to the dustbin <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh I I I must admit uh a uh... Uh, I suppose like a lot of people, I do have sort of a perverse enjoyment in hearing about all the terrible stuff you uh, you have to deal with on submission. And submissions are, are opening up really soon, yeah?
2: Yeah, we're going to be open for submissions the first week of August.
1: Oh, uh, uh, so that's a little ways away.
2: Yeah, that's if you fair. haven't finished writing your story, you've still got time to write one.
1: Got it. Oh, I don't know that I'll be writing a story. Well, I'm
2: I'm you know saying that in a general sense to anyone who might be listening.
1: Oh, I got you. Um, well, that's good uh, because I think I don't know. It's 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 great because it's great to have you here because I think that your your consistency uh, has been noticed by a lot of people. And yeah,
2: I mean, I, I was shocked myself that we got a Bill Willingham story, uh, this year.
1: Uh, it's, it's amazing. Like the, the momentum that you've built, uh, is really impressive.
2: Yeah. A lot of it just kind of boils down to keeping at it and just trying to maintain that level of quality consistently you know, eventually it, it does start to, to catch on and pick up and people realize that you know we weren't just here like for a meme or a joke or a blip and the the cultural zeitgeist. we we were serious about what
1: we were doing. Oh it's uh, it's amazing. Uh, man I just I just want to go over and and check out all the the stuff that's coming up. Uh, Like I like I said, like I've got a I've got a big Kursova backlog. Like imagine (laughs) a lot of people do. Um, I I don't mean I don't mean to reopen old wounds, but uh, I just went back and started reading the Cosmic Courtship, the Julian Hawthorne thing. Um, And I understand I understand that was uh, you had a difficult process with that because of uh, uh, what's 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 the word petty thieves. But uh, uh, but those, it, all those uh, all those classics ebooks they're on sale right now, right?
2: Yeah, they're they're part of the big sale that uh, that Hans Schantz is that I don't know how that's how you pronounce the name Hans Schantz uh, is doing the big book sale and uh, oh the base book the sale yeah classics are part of that for ninety nine cents I think through Wednesday morning.
1: Oh, that's oh, right. That's really. <laughs> All right, so uh, I got a question for you. You're—we already established you're—you're you're always like you're always on the ground running. There's a million projects you're juggling. Everything. Uh, is there anything that you're doing that really stands out as as something you're uh, particularly proud of, or is there something that you haven't got to yet that that you want to do that uh, sort of hasn't made it to the top of the pile yet?
2: Well, we've got a lot of stuff in the pipelines. Uh, One of the things that I'm proud of, of course, is uh, doing the Wild Stars stuff with Michael Tierney, getting Mongoose and Meerkat out. A big feather in our cap, though, was resurrecting Adrian Cole's Dreamlord series that he's been doing with us since our second issue. This was a trilogy of science fantasy books originally published in the 70s through Zebra Book. And, you know, we got to talking and I was like, it'd be cool if you did more Dream Lord stuff." stuff. He said, sure. Uh, so we've been publishing his new Dream Lord stories for a while. We have not made the official announcement post yet, but we are actually lined up to reprint the original Dream Lords trilogy, get it back into print for the first time since the 70s and put out the new collected volume of his new dream lord stories that he's been writing since 2016
1: oh outstanding that's a huge deal for us the sky is the limit oh let's see well what else is on your plate alex well we got jd cowan
2: here in the chat and uh since i just announced one of our other big projects now is as good a time as any we have signed J.D. Cowan to put out one of his collections sometime later next year.
1: Oh, awesome. But not the... Uh, now, He he's just recently done the Gemini Man series.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he, he's done a lot of stuff. He's probably one of the best nonfiction voices in the Pulp Revolution sphere, but he also writes a lot of good fiction stuff as well. So it's really cool to have a chance to publish this.
1: Cool is, but that's not what you're publishing. You're not. You're publishing something new.
2: Yeah, we're we're publishing a new collection of some of his science fiction stories. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll have we'll have more stuff on that later. That's that's kind of a next year thing. So we got so much stuff going on. We don't want uh, too much overlap on our projects and what we're plugging at the, the same time. So. That's something that we kind of ran up against this year. It was that we've had so many things going on. We're we just been doing one Kickstarter after the other, and we'll be taking pre-orders for the next thing while we're
1: trying to get the last thing out the door. It's <laughs> a good problem to have. Uh, what do you, hey do you have time for non-fiction? No, I don't mean non-fiction, but uh, non-publishing stuff. Yeah, sure. What, what do you want to... <laughs> <laughs> we, we haven't talked about music in a while, and I know that you don't necessarily produce as much as... But every time I get an email from Retrovirus Records, I want to go, hey, I wonder what Alex has been up to lately.
2: Yeah, I haven't really been doing a whole, whole lot of music stuff lately. Um, I wish I could say that I had, but I haven't stayed on top of stuff like I used to.
1: I hear you. I understand. I'm a. Uh, I'm I'm feeling the uh, nine to five, uh, work from home desk job myself, and you wonder where all the time goes.
2: Yeah the the latest music thing like I did like I actually went to a, some punk show that they had at the the old state house here in our capital, and the fact that they managed to get a punk. Band or punk show booked at this place blows my mind because back when I was in the scene, we, we couldn't get booked at a regular places. They were so afraid that like we'd burn everything to the ground.
1: <laughs> a punk show at the state capitol.
2: I love it. Well, not not the state capitol itself, the old state capitol that they turned into a museum.
0: Oh,
1: that's also yeah, awesome. we, in a way that's the funnier. State
2: capital and the old state house from Back in the the uh, the olden times, that they turned into a museum.
1: The olden times, like the, like the seventies or the eighties. <laughs> yeah, the eighteen
2: seventies, eighteen eighties.
1: Well, that's uh, that's rad. Uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put out a lifeline to Daddy War Pig. Uh, I know. I know you're still feeling the effects of the anesthesia and everything. I wanted to see if you did have any other questions for Alex or anything. Probably not. Um, I don't know. I I hate to see the the chat. uh, Questions. We had uh, some comments about the Canada films and everything. No questions from the chat so far. Marshall Victory says he got 11 books in in the base book sale. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Looks good. Wistmore says congrats on, uh, to you and JD, uh, JD Cowan, um, who, who I have to, I have to admit, I, I have a confession to make. I actually haven't, uh, looked closer at JD's stuff. Uh, he just, uh, I've just, I've got my overflowing backlog and, and he didn't make it onto it yet. So uh, I'm going to have to check it out based on every person I talked to about it says, Oh yeah, check him out. Check out his stuff. He's really good. Oh,
2: it's been a fun discussion. Great. Always talking about these Peplum movies and
1: uh i now sure now i nice feel me on. yeah uh, it's been so great to have you on i, I, I feel bad i'm going to have to watch all these movies so that next time you're around uh we can we can talk about them for real
2: yeah like i said uh, they're they're free on youtube just look up sons of hercules and you'll find stuff uh A lot of them are going to be in pretty low video quality. But here's something, Nate. Uh, Kino Lorber has recently started picking up some of the bigger name ones and doing digital restorations on them. So, uh, like, for instance, Son of Samson has got the full Blu-ray treatment now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, if if you get time to watch any of the silent ones, I know silent films are a lot harder to watch because, you know, you actually have to sit there and be completely focused on it. But the original Machiste in Hell from the 20s is amazing. The special effects in it are mind-blowing even by today's standards, I'd say. Yeah, now, uh,
1: Machiste in Hell, or Machiste Goes to Hell. Uh,
2: Machista al Inferno, or whatever. But it,
1: <laughs>
2: got it. I I, 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 can, I can shoot you the link. There are two versions uh, that are available on YouTube. One of them is trimmed. The other is not. I can I can shoot you the link to the one that that the frames aren't trimmed.
1: No, that's good. The only frame of reference I have. I've no. I've never been a silent movie person, but uh, I saw the. Original Nosferatu, ages ago, and I've always loved it, and, and I revisit it from time to time. Yeah, um, and that had some really impressive uh, practical effects there. How how would you say it compares?
2: Oh that machista in Hell is it's it's kind of its own thing because it's a fantasy movie, and it's got it's it's basically an ex- effects extravaganza as, as far as silent films go. here's another thing that kind of came up in my interview with Matthew when we were talking about these movies is that the yes, the, the first movie he shows up in is a classic. It really pushed a lot of the boundaries of what could be done in silent film, but it is still a very old, very primitive silent film. And as far as, as cinematography approach goes and pacing. So that one's kind of chunky. So I, I definitely recommend checking out some of the other ones besides the first one, because basically what happened is they turned it into a Buster Keaton style, physical action series where, you know, it centers around the character and what he can do and just, you know, cool tricks and cool stunts and special effects as opposed to trying to tell like really deep involved sweeping
1: epic stories. And and frankly that's that's the kind of spectacle that we go to the movies for. Uh, it's it's great if you can tell uh, it's great when you tell a, an interesting story with a motion picture but at the same time if if you're going to a film that's that's touted as being you know, a master of special effects. You're there to see, you're there to see what they could do with those effects.
2: Yeah, and I, I mean the effects in, in *Kabiria* are amazing, but
1: it's just
2: you know you have to go into it understanding that it's a, it's a costume epic from 1914. It's it's gonna be kind of slow. It's gonna be kind of chunky. The pacing and and feel of it is primitive, even compared to the silent Ben Hur movie, which is probably one of the best silent costume epics ever made. So I mean you you're you're not gonna get the the experience of the later silent machiste movies from this first one. And I wouldn't want people to go in watching it and just be like, oh that was that was really boring and pompous and I don't want to check out the rest of these.
1: Right. Uh, sort of reminds me of I I tried watching Citizen Kane once, and uh, and I, I didn't I didn't make it very far into it, and uh, someone had to explain to me later. No no it's 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 not because it's the greatest movie ever made. It's because all that stuff that that movies do that we take for granted, you know, Citizen it's Kane perfect. invented like Wells invented you know x number of techniques that that basically form the grammar of cinema
2: yeah that's that's the way Kiberia is in terms of of silent film
1: it
2: it's it does amazing things and it pushed the bar so so far ahead and what could be done in a silent movie but it's still very very primitive and in terms of cinema so it's just just take it for what it is
1: yeah yeah, it's like watching Nosferatu and you're like, is this supposed to be scary? Yeah, you know, if if we're actually in, if all the lights are out and you're f- giving it your full attention and you really, you know, think about what you're seeing on screen and that sort of thing. Uh, Misha Burnett has a question in the chat, but it's not very helpful, so I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: I see you there, Misha, with your math problems.
1: I was I remember that day. I was still in school when, when they switched from straight up math problems. So we're gonna do everything in word problems now. That's what the state the state exam is gonna be. Cause we wanna test your your understanding and, and comprehension. Okay, sure. If two trains leave a station at the same time, so on and so forth. Um, all right, we are getting way off in left field now. Uh, I think it's time to call it a day, and uh, in my case, uh, wrap it up and uh, enjoy the afternoon. Um, I I don't know if uh, Daddy Warpig, are you still here with us?
0: I thought I'd let you flounder on just to see what would happen.
1: <laughs> well said. <laughs> um, Does that mean... Uh, it was it was perfectly deserved um oh but sorry yeah. i just
0: spit up now and that hurt
1: I and mean, hey i'm i'm sorry you got to to fight through the pain on this one but uh, i think
0: corsov is always worth the pain that's
1: it that's yeah we're glad
0: challenge. to get alex back on the show it's been a long time yeah, every now fun. and then uh every now and then i turn over to uh Dornall here and said, hey, we got a, you know, Alex coming back on the show. And it's always something like, well, he's got this Kickstarter and he wants the author to come on. And I'm like, okay, well, we can do that. That's fine. You know, that sounds cool. The author sounds like a good guy and everything. But uh, yeah, we're really great to have you back on the show, not just uh, one of your authors or whatever. So welcome back.
2: Yeah, uh, thanks, thanks for having me.
0: All right. Is this it? Do I really need to step up now or? Uh,
1: yeah, I just, I'm going to say my, my goodbyes uh, again. Awesome to have you on it, Once again, it, it is great to talk to you, uh, catch up with, uh, with Kursova and everything. And I hope everybody listening uh, later goes out and checks out the Sons of Hercules and the summer issue of Kersova magazine and everything else you're nonstop putting out really good stuff. And and I am finally done, Warpig.
0: All right. Folks, thanks for tuning in, listening live, uh, getting some cool stuff about, I'm going to say this wrong. I know I am. Machiste. Got it. Nailed it. I've been listening to that name the whole show. And the one thing on the forefront of my mind is not to say it wrong at the end. I'm just focused, like laser focus on that. Thanks for tuning in, listening to live. uh, to Geek Gab. We're here just about every week, just about the same time, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. You can catch us on YouTube.com slash Geek Gab. That's YouTube.com slash Geek Gab. And uh, now we do this show to have fun with, have fun talking with each other, and we do this show to uh, bring up some fun stuff for you. So, uh, you know, hey. Um, Everyone who listened later, Um, you can also catch us on the Google Play Store, on the iTunes Store, on SoundCloud.com. Just do a search for GeekCab and uh, listen to us on the device of your choice uh, or download us uh, or listen to us on the web. We are signing off for today, folks. But don't you worry. Don't you fret. We will be back.